it's recording. You guys. We're such a mess. Hello. Who freaking cares about that song, huh? They just, guys, we just formulated an idea. So I press start and then I just throw this in and she's like, Ooh, I like it. And I'm like, we can't even stop. We, you, you can't stop us. And then I didn't even do the thing that I was supposed to do to put the music on. Whatever. This is how we show up for podcasts. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not sorry. I am not saying sorry for it. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. This is the best platform. I wish we could just do this every day. It's pretty awesome. I love it so much. I love recording podcasts. It's like no one else is listening. Like every time we're here, like that last podcast where you opened up about your boyfriend, I just loved it. Like, I I feel like no one else will know about this. You know what I mean? But the world will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Um, I also had a boyfriend from grade nine to grade 11. What are these weird? Like, like the first boy, you know what I mean? Did not sleep with him though. Did not sleep with him. What? Yeah interesting huh it was like on and off and like I was like always chasing him and then we would always like see each other kind of here and there and then we'd be like okay you know what I mean what is he doing now and then Jeff rolled around what is he doing now he's like a like he works at the prison he um yeah that's it that was my only boyfriend okay that's it and then it was Jeff yeah so there's just Jeff. See, I, I got to have some. You got to have some fun, huh? Yeah, because so I had that boyfriend until like first year university. Yeah. And then like basically I didn't really have a boyfriend. For years until Neil probably. Like I had like a like a couple months here, a couple months there, but nothing like serious. I My memory is so bad though. Maybe there's like a boyfriend listening. He's like, what about <laughs> me? No boyfriends are listening to this. Um, (laughs) But it was Neil and I like first like fell in love. It was like, I was only in second year university. So yeah, no, there's a lot of time there where you just like all of the men and sex with with a lot of people. Did you have sex with a lot of people? I define a lot. She says define a lot more than 10. Definitely. But I think probably less than 20. Okay. Oh, that's a good, we have a good ballpark here. I would need my, like my best friend from high school, who is like my only really friend that I'm still friends with from high school. I get that. She has an amazing memory. And (gasps) we need her to, she she needs to come down. I want to meet her. And then we can just go through the list. We should write them down, please. Can we do this? She uh, is coming to Catnat. No way. Yeah, it's her 40th. So she's like doing that for her 40th. Oh, can we do something after that? Cat that time. Oh, Catnat is actually in eight days from today. So that's exciting. Yeah. Like you mean go out after? Yeah. Can we like make this like epic night? Yes. We have to work the next day, remember, boss. I mean, I can arrange something. Things can be arranged. (laughs) That's the beauty of being the boss. (laughs) Exactly. Nah, for real. I'm not even kidding. Let's talk about this after we're done recording. I think that's um, great. So yeah. she would help me because, and sometimes I'll reach out to her. I'm like, 
who's this person? She's like, are you kidding me? Like she remembers everybody and everything. So yeah, we, we you're, need you're the worst with names. You're the worst with names. Not the yeah. worst, but you're not right. Great. Pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Here's what I have to say okay. from having only slept with Jeff and, um, <laughs> and still with my high school sweetheart. If he was not 10 on 10 gorgeous on, in my mind, like okay. I was looking at him the other day, he's 10, his body is really it's really good for a 35 year old like it's good like his butt no nah, no nah, his and then uh he's he's still very much what if i literally if we if you were to leave me i would just copy paste like i would just physically nothing wrong with him in okay. my mind like physically i would just want the exact same thing okay blue eyes blondish like that's what i go to so i clearly like chose well physically uh freaking 20 years ago um anyways if I wasn't like happy in my marriage and things are good and very sexually uh, attracted to him, I see why people would definitely cash in the we met too young card. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, because yeah. chances are when you were young, you did not choose the guy that you would still be attracted to at 35, that you would still like feel like you still have some connection. You know what I mean? And you actually still like that person. That's like quite rare. Like, I understand why it doesn't. I think it's like rare that you ended up making that choice at that time that it's still the same, like, you know? Yes, I must say, though, you need to give yourself credit. You work very hard at having an amazing marriage and you and you you really do. So like you need to take yeah. some credit that didn't just happen. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. I, and I see what you're saying, because you have to create that language that we do have things in common, whatever, because I could play a different game in my mind and say like, oh my God, we're so different because we obviously, I think if people know us, we are different. Yeah, you but, know, Jeff and I. but you guys have yeah. grown together and worked to like yeah. coexist and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah, Av, um, being the sexual sexually experienced out of two of us, um, it, yeah, there's like fun out there, but like meh, you know? But that's what I wanted to say. This, this is where I was going with that is I... You know, I would be jealous of the fact that I didn't get that fun. I didn't. Uh, we were freaking, we got married at 23. Like that's young. You probably just met Neil around that age, right? At 22, probably. Yeah, I was younger. But we weren't together. We like were together for like a summer and then he broke up with me. Yeah. So your real relationship where you got married was still, you were still very young. I'm not yes. saying that you met yeah, him yeah, late, yeah. but like by the time you met him, I was married. Yes, like that's yes. like a difference, you know? And so we got married really young. We stayed with our parents. We went to the university that's closed. Like yeah. we really, everything was safe. Everything was safe. And I am not, it's very interesting because that's not my personality right now. I'm like, let's be different. Let's like, you know, so I, I, I feel like maybe I missed out on a few years. I've always said that. But I feel like you're more jealous that I like lived in Australia than the amount of men I had sex with Th the number of Australian men I had sex with. You had sex with Australian men while you were there with Neil? No. Remember I had my camp life. So at camp. Right. Okay. You didn't sleep with them in Australia, but they were Australian men. I see it. I follow your story. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So that were, those were some adventures. I also traveled without Neil. I traveled around Europe with a friend. Like, so, and there was camp. Like, so there was, there were some adventures. See, zero adventures. Now I'm having many adventures with my husband, yeah. but none of these like, <laughs> that's why I'm like, I think it's important if you've only slept with one man <laughs> and that you need to keep the hee hee alive because you didn't get any hee hee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you know who slept with a lot of people? Who? Neil. Neil.
just such a slut. Like, <laughs> oh my god, what do we think his number is? Oh, like, cause he backpacked for years, right? He worked at a hostel. Imagine you arrive and it's Neil. He's so charming. He's so funny. He has an accent. You feel safe with Neil too. Like Neil, yeah. you feel safe with Neil. Neil very much gives what women are looking for in terms of like, oh yes. Uh, like you're, you're like you said, you feel safe with Neil. Whereas men, what they're looking in women is very physical. It's very whatever, but we're looking more for the like charm, charm me, make me laugh, you know, that, and he has all of that. So women are like, sure. Have, I'll have sex with you. Um, I'm texting him at work. Talking about how slutty you were on the podcast. Shut up. Shut up. Can we guess how many people you slept with? <laughs> okay. I am guessing since you're in the dizens, I am going to guess, and you're saying he's such a slut, maybe in the like 30s or 40s. I don't even think he could guesstimate, to be honest. Uh, because he met you because you guys still have, what, a seven-year difference? Five, five years. Yeah. Okay. So still, you, you, he still met you young. Like it's not like he was 35. So he had like all that time to have sex with people. Like so we've been in a committed relationship, I think since, oh, 2005, maybe. The fact that you don't know this is just mind boggling to me. I don't like understand. What year like how do you started dating officially? Yeah. I'm going to say 2005. So okay. how many years is that from now? I mean, us was 2004 and we're at 18. 17, so 17. 17. And he's 45. Yeah. Turning 45. Let's yeah. See. He was like 28. Like 28. Late 20s. Okay. So he had like 10 years of slutting it up. Let's say. <laughs> I Maybe the next podcast. I need to ask him if I'm allowed to tell the story. But the next podcast, I'll tell you about how he lost his virginity. <laughs> ask him right now on the text. he fucking never answers me okay that man i could text him and be like i need you literally doesn't answer me text me okay ready (laughs) did he answer i don't know if he means he says 20 to 25 lies (laughs) or does he mean 20 2025 oh my god uh, uh, maybe he's saying 2025 while being sober. <laughs> definitely. Oh not. my God. Anyway, good times. Good oh times. My, good times, everyone. Whew, all right. Let's talk about nighttime eating. <laughs> oh my goodness, everyone. I feel like it's a good, it's sometimes we do have good stories and it just flows and we're going for it. It's like more half advice, half personal lives. And I think you're enjoying it. It's fun. If it was all just like, let's talk about weight loss, it'd be boring. Yeah, yeah it's J and A. Like we get to do whatever. And that's why I like the podcast. I'm not like we're on this schedule. It's just whatever flows. And I don't have expectations with the podcast. Although, what are we going to do when we hit 1 million listens, downloads? <laughs> um, I don't understand how the last podcast got double. Like, how did that happen? I have no clue. I don't know if they like misc- miscounted, but it was like there was one podcast, you guys, that you really loved. It was the one about our struggles or or something like that. It was April 7th and it had almost over 4,000 downloads. Has there been a new podcast since? Like all of a sudden, did we just double our podcast listeners overnight? Uh, yeah, the one on Monday was the new one. 
No, and it was 2000. Normal. Um, also, as we're talking about this, guys, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be amazing if you shared it on your platforms, if you tagged yes. us in it. You can actually, someone said this the other day, you can share it to a friend. So there's like little dots somewhere on... <laughs> Maybe Alicia, it would help if we knew how podcast works so we could grow it. But Listen, Jose, I know. So look, there's three little dots there, you guys. You see that? You can so you copy can the have... link or whatever. Yeah, I think you can even just send it to yeah, copy link and you can just like text it to a friend or email or whatever. But that that yeah. really does help us. Oh my god. So we're make gonna our have... podcast be like our like our only thing. Like make our podcast be like a thing, you know? We would it. have to, if it starts to become a thing, we need like ads. Yeah. No, I don't want, I don't want to be like, we'll be right back after the break. I don't like that. I know. I'm annoyed every time I listen and I understand why. So I keep listening. I understand why they're doing it. I understand that. And, and I think people that aren't in content creating, like that's what we do. We create content. People that aren't in that world, they're like, oh, they're so annoying with their ads. I'm like, people, they need to pay their bills. You yeah. want to keep listening to them. They, they need to pay in some way. And you're, this is free for you. Like, yeah. I feel like people don't understand that part. They're like, oh, aren't you just an influencer? Well, you know that I need to influence something for me to get paid. Like, yeah. just, like do that. People struggle with that. Yeah. Like, like to understand that piece and I understand it's just not your world, but we're in that world. So I understand why there's ads in podcasts, but I just, I love that we don't have to. Yeah, you know, because that, this is not our job. Like yeah. this is not. We're just showing up because it's just it. extra fun, extra happiness and fun. Okay, okay. Time eating. I feel like this is your jam and not my jam. Okay, I can start. Um, okay, here's the thing with nighttime eating. Nighttime eating is this thing that we were that we. If you've been in the weight loss industry and you try to lose weight, it's one of those things that many people will relate to. That especially 7 p.m. There was like this thing, there was this moment in the weight loss, maybe in 2007, where it was this new thing where if you just stop eating at 7 p.m., bam, all of your issues and all of the obesity issues of life is over almost, which is ridiculous, but that's pretty much how they sold it to us. And then without even knowing that created, that did, that created a certain relationship for us with nighttime eating. So I think that many people are listening to this and they're like, you're so right. Like you have a certain relationship with nighttime eating. You either don't think about it or you overthink about it and you don't have a good relationship with it. Um, nighttime eating was that lingering noise from the diet industry that I think was one of the last ones to go for me. Okay. So yeah, it was one of the last ones to go. Like, I, I, I knew that it didn't freaking matter if I ate carbs. Like I was never afraid of bread. Some people are literally afraid of bread. I, I know. Like a, yeah. I was literally never afraid of like carbs. I was never afraid of sugar. Like I macros for me was never, it was noise. There was, there was a time where I was like cal calculating my sugar though. Like I remember when I, I thought, I thought that my abs were because I wasn't eating a lot of sugar. And then like, this was like six, seven years ago. And then I realized, obviously we definitely went deep into calorie deficit and who freaking cares about sugar. We definitely evolved in how we think and, and what we know. And then I tested that out and I realized that the abs weren't going away if I ate an ice cream sandwich and uh, break for breakfast and whatever. So I was like, Oh my God, this is life. So Honestly, I think what helps with lingering noise is experiencing it and then realizing it doesn't change a thing. 
So I, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to keep doing this then. That's a great point. And, you know, we talk a lot about noise, diet, trauma. Like that's a lot of what we break down at Your Way Weight Loss. We basically like break it all down and then we build it, build it back up. And the process, I think, for anyone that is truly going to change the way they think about, let's say, nighttime eating, you need to understand calorie deficit. Then you need to experience it. So yeah. you need to not just believe that you can eat at night and still lose weight. You need to do it. One million percent. So for me, nighttime eating, I would still, I would still say, Jose, if you didn't eat at night, you would have better results. Even if I knew I could eat at night, okay, I would always like be like, imagine if you were the person that didn't eat at night. But if you don't know me, I'm telling you right now, I love eating at night. It might be one of your most fit, like that would be one of the last things that we should ever take from your life. <laughs> You're so right. Um, I really connect to it. It, it. it adds to my happiness so much. It it has a lot of value in my lifestyle. So I yeah. just want to share that. People could be like, you know, Jose, if you didn't eat at night, you could weigh three pounds less. And I'd be like, I don't care. Straight trade. I'm going to keep eating at night and keep three pounds. Like I could not care less. It's like me and alcohol. Right. If you didn't drink alcohol, Alicia, you could weigh five pounds less. Don't care. Don't care. So when I, when that noise comes around and it almost, I almost like started to get not scared, but when we did the documentary and I knew I wanted to keep eating at night because it's part of my happiness. I was like, what am I going to eat? And I had a little moment where I'm like, can I really eat a Boston cream at 9 30 PM and still lose weight? Because what I eat right now at 9 30 PM is like 80 calories of crackers or like, you know, but I eat, I don't eat a lot at night. I've created a really good relationship with it that I don't binge at night. I like, I just like do my thing. Um, but when you're eating Tim Hortons and I want to eat at night, like, what am I going to eat a donut? And there's no 70 calorie donut. Like there's a Timbit that's not big enough. No. So I was like, yeah, you're going to leave space for a Boston cream every night. And I did that for a whole month and lost a lot of weight in February. So that documentary for us, Alicia and I, cause we're the only two that experienced it. You watched us do it. And we hope that that helped you create awareness in your life and your noise and it healed some of your food trauma but us in our lives you don't even know how impactful that was in our own lives and our own noise and our own awareness 100% and why was why was it so impactful we experienced it and that's why now when i give advice to people i'm so much pushing towards them experiencing things to believe it and the thing is, is the, the issue behind experiencing it is people don't want to give it the time. So that's like another podcast on its own, but giving it the time, you guys like stop rushing through this journey. Like you're, you're trying to create it. So this, this shit takes time. And we, like, I didn't know that I had lingering noise on nighttime eating and eating out. Um, and I didn't have a lot of it, probably way less than all the rest of society has, but doing this next level. Like now I fear nothing. You know, I really fear nothing. Uh, I'm like, you can eat whatever you want at night. It really doesn't matter. I just ate this or you can literally eat out a lot and still lose weight. Like I just did that. It's like, because I did it, I have more of an opinion on it and I have way more knowing, when which you, I love. When you experience something, it goes from just knowledge to knowing. It's a different thing. 
I love that. I mean, it's it's why I feel like we are the most qualified to help people lose the weight, keep it off. People that have struggled with deep rooted food issues. It it's because we have knowing. It's 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 not because we're at a certain weight. Like oh gosh, we are the most qualified because in we are the most qualified in healing diet trauma changing your language we are the most qualified to help you with your relationship with food i truly believe that me too and i will say it over and over and i don't care if you're like well you didn't study in whatever i don't care i healed my food issues i can help you do the same and i know it you could study in healing your relationship with food. It will mean nothing. If you've always had a good relationship with food, you will not understand what the people go through. I mean, I wonder, I don't even know, like, is that even a course? It's probably just more like the academic stuff. You know what I mean? Which is, has value. Of course, we're not saying that, but like when it comes to healing your relationship with food, this is where oh, that. I, yeah, because it's all, it's, that's emotion. That's mindset. That's, that's experience. I have a question for you. So you've like kind of always been a nighttime eater. Did you ever struggle? Because the reason why the diet industry created this rule is because a lot of the time it's not about just eating at night. It's that people eat like assholes at night. Right. And there's a very big difference between eating like your 150 calories of roast or pepper dip and crispy minis and binging thousands of calories in your pantry. Right. Right. Um, did you ever struggle like did you ever have to evolve your nighttime eating was it were you always able to eat reasonably at night like tell mm. me about that mm, great question absolutely needed to evolve like everything else right so it was never like I, I so there were even times where nighttime eating was so bad and so high in calories because I would do what most of people would say they would do that I also was like occasionally okay, I guess the answer is you just the rule will be no more nighttime eating because you can't handle it Okay. And then of course I've done that. Of course, everyone does that when, when, when they see themselves lose control instead of figuring it out and doing the mental work, they will say, I'm just going to give myself a rule of not doing it. And what would happen is then I would hate my life and I would do it for one week. And then I'd be back to, okay, then I'd be back to this. Jose, you really want to fit in like, cause I'm a person that like, I'm my own best friend. Right. And I'm like, I know what makes me happy. So I will do what makes me happy. You know, that eating at night makes you happy fit, like figuring it out, like do it, Jose. And so in, in order, in order for me to get to the point where I'm at today, I needed to really prioritize figuring it out. And I also needed to not talk shit. If ever I ended up binging because I'm trying to figure it out. You know, when you're trying to figure out stuff, you guys, you're going to fail though. Like it's not when you figure out it's because you're struggling with that. So clearly it's not going to be perfect. No. So you got to give yourself time. <sighs> this is really good. So I also want to say that I think that, um, the issue behind the binging at night is clearly because people aren't recognizing other behavior patterns that they have, uh, restricting so much during the day is definitely one of the things. And also just, there's the knowledge piece, but the guilt that they haven't healed yet. There is guilt behind eating at 9 p.m. that someone that's gone through the weight loss industry has that Jeff does not have when he goes and picks up his freaking peanut butter and Ritz at 9.30 p.m. Jeff does not have that, should I do it? Should I not? It, what time is it? Should I be eating because of the time? 
he doesn't have that conversation with himself. Whereas when you've been through the diet industry, we have a different relationship with food and we have a different relationship with eating at night. Okay. Done. And that relationship is ruining, is making you binge and you don't know it. You know, that was really incredible. Thank you for taking us along that journey. I'm going to sum up what you said because it was so good and people need to listen to it. Okay. okay. Here's the thing, guys, you, something big like nighttime eating, you need to be willing to make it work. I've, I've eaten that night before and lost control. I've decided I don't want to make that work in my life. Can I stop you right there? Go. I will give an example that you decided to make that work. And I said, I was going to give it up cooking with Dia. Listen, I would love to be able to make freaking cupcakes with her because she likes it and whatever. And, but I lose control every time. And she doesn't even freaking eat the cupcakes at the end of the day. And then I end up eating it. Jeff doesn't want cupcakes made by me. Noah doesn't eat cupcakes. And Dia eats one and is done. Wait, cupcakes made by not Jose by the box. <laughs> exactly. And so he doesn't want those cupcakes, right? So they're left with by me and I don't want to eat them. I lose control. So I've chosen in my life that I don't cook. I don't bake at my house because I don't want to. I don't value it. Alicia has chosen to keep that activity in her life because she values that and she figured it out. And that's just like, let it go. And, and that took okay. time for me too. Like I used to lose control when I baked with the kids. Like it, this is a great, this is great. So first of all, you need to be willing to put in the work. It needs to be important to you. You see value in it. You feel like you need this for your long-term happiness and you're mm. willing to put in the work. Then you need to figure out what are my triggers? What are my triggers to overeating at night? Is it what I'm eating? Is it what it like in at night? Is it what I'm at? Like, cause if you had Chicago mixed popcorn in your house, maybe you would struggle, right? Absolutely. I want to say this, like, there are times where I try things in my house and if the bag's gone in two days at 9 30 PM, that's not, and I can choose whatever I want. I'm like, no, that's not how I want to behave. I don't buy it again. I don't talk shit. I move on with my life though. So figuring out what is, what is setting yourself up for success. You know what I mean? Like, do I need to make sure I feel satisfied during the day? I need to make sure I'm not hangry. I need to make sure there's specific food in my home that does make me feel good and I enjoy for nighttime eating, but I'm not as likely to overconsume it. Um, I love what you said about if you did mess up, and I love this, and this makes me feel uncomfortable when I see people tracking the like number of days I didn't overeat at night or something like that makes me scared for them almost because as you're healing this and as you're working on this, Jose probably still has nights where you do this. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean you didn't fix it. It doesn't mean you can never do it. And so the guilt and shame and, oh, I guess I'm starting over. I guess I suck. That that noise, that's damaging. So if you're trying to work on changing a certain habit right now, whether it's nighttime eating, whether it's baking with your kids, whether it's weekends, know that you will have weekends, times you bake with your kids, nighttime eating, that you completely lose control and overeat. I want you to know that to be a, your, at your best, uh, I don't want to say healthy weight, whatever, your weight where you feel good in your skin does not require you to never fail. It does not require you to never overeat. It does not require you to lose, like to never lose control. It's like people think that that's what it requires to get to their goals. And I'm like, no, if your goal is just to feel comfortable in your skin and to love your life, trust me, there is room 
There is room for failure, CQV. There is room for overeating. There's room for all of that. And you can, you can really coexist both. Um, so yeah. Um, and one last thing, you, and one last thing that you said is, is the guilt and the drama and the knowledge. So like, you really have to believe that eating at night itself will not make you gain weight in order for you to heal your trauma with nighttime eating. So, you know, yeah. you really need to educate yourself on calorie deficit and just really remind yourself of that and experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And it's the best, it's the best news, honestly, that like you can really build what you want your day to be and create your own rules. And Alicia does not eat at night. And because for her, it's just not worth it. Just like I don't bake. Cause that's, it's just not worth me putting myself in that position. You, you, it's, it's just what it is. And we're okay with that. It's part of our way. Like, like I'm not like missing it. You're not missing it either. You're not like, wish I could eat at night. Girl. I'm not like, wish I could bake. Like if Perfect. you said don't to have me, to wash anything. You can never eat at night again. I'd be like, no problem. Literally yeah. no problem. But if you said yeah. you could never bake muffins, mini muffins again. Exactly. Where I'm like, perfect. Thank you. Who's going to make them for me? I'll buy them from you. <laughs> uh, this was a, such a good talk. Great talk. This would be a great and, one for you guys to share all over the internet because there's amazing <laughs> value in this one. I agree. Um, and you know what? Like, it, oh, there's something you said. Uh, I was thinking and it was really good. And but, I just like, I want to say something and then I forget. I'm so sorry, everyone, that this happens all the time. Pretty much every podcast. Um, the documentary really sealed the deal on the nighttime eating though. And as people were watching us, they said, oh, you're not losing weight because you're not eating at night. And there's you at 9 p.m. You're like, except I am. Every if you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, you guys, all the advice Alicia gave you on like how to figure out if you want to eat at night and whatever, like what your triggers are, look at all, like that advice at the end of the day is creating awareness and, and self-reflection. Like you, in order for Alicia to make peace with the fact that she doesn't care about eating at night, she needed to talk to herself. And in order for me to figure it out and to be able to do what I do, I needed to to prioritize a conversation of what do you want out of your your ways or say do you want to prioritize this how will you do it there's figuring out there's a conversation there's time there's you know there's reflections it, it doesn't just happen though okay good talk everyone great all right share, share everything um and our documentary is coming out in two weeks from today Please support us. Watch our documentary premiere. It's going to be such a great night. We cannot wait to host you. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye.